really fucking do a record scratch and, and talk tunes. Where shall we start? Well, t- talking about things that were big when we were 20, uh, midnight off. When we were 20? When we were two. Two, yeah. <laughs> well, the, the- I know, so midnight all were huge in the 80s. Yeah. And, and they went through a massive um, palette change in the 80s. They went from being kind of a stripped back pub punk style, you know, rah, 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 shouting a lot kind of band. And they went through a huge, you know, that huge amount of post-punk production kind of thing in the, you know, so the, 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 10, the 10 to 1 countdown album. Um, that did a lot more electronic drums, a bit like you know Hunters and Collectors used in the period, where they used a lot more production and a lot more horns and a lot more faffing about. And arguably, their albums didn't sound quite as good in the studio through the middle of the '80s, and then and then into the '90s, a little bit like the Hoodoo Gurus, they kind of rediscovered their old stripped back, you know, fall on the floor kind of sound, and you played around with that a lot more. And then they fucked off, and they hadn't been heard of since. So we- until this week. It, it, is that what you would say this album's like? The fairly stripped back, basic rock, four to the floor style? I think it's, well, it's not four to the floor because that kind of makes it sound like it's, it's, it's got more energy than it does. I mean, yeah, this album th- doesn't th- this... have the energy that you. I what? mean, this. I would say the, 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 the abiding sensation I have for this album is that they're very tired and that they're, they're very, <laughs> very defeated. <laughs> and. And that's not good for a processed album because what you're protesting, you're basically saying we've lost it. We've lost to climate change. We've lost to coal. Yeah. We've lost to nuclear. We've lost to everything. The first track on the album is literally, you know, sorry kids, we fucked up. Open up the floodgates to the rising seas. And it's like, and that, and the thing is, they don't believe in any kind of couched narrative or any kind of double entendre or any kind of fucking. You, know, you don't have to fucking read the lyrics to figure out what he was talking about. It's always just been literally fucking. Um, you know, straight down the line, we are going to beat you over the head with our point. And their point is that we're all fucked. And they might be right, but and listening to an hour of what amounts to basically boomer drip Twitter set to music is depressing. And that's when you set aside the fact that the band just sounds tired. They don't, none of this sounds vibrant or interesting. None of it was compelling. It was all kind of just a bit drab and grim really and I know you know like we said last week we're not going to discount all boomer protest music just because they they had the opportunity to change things and they didn't but now it almost seems like they had the opportunity to change things they didn't and now they've just given up to me it sounded like uh, Midnight Oil good covers band in that the musicianship was there but it just didn't quite have the energy of what I expected Midnight Oil to have. Uh, it had no energy. I mean, these guys are old. Yeah. They're really old. <laughs> Peter Garrett's surprisingly old. He's like 60-something. Yeah. He's, he's cooked. He's, he's, there's a fork hanging out of him. But the, the sound was there. It's just... Um, the noises were recognisably Midnight Oily, but none of the songs were Midnight Oily. And it's it's... They've written some fucking bangers. I mean, uh, the, the the greatest hits, what is it, 40,000 watt RSL? 30,000 watt RSL? Yeah. 30,000 30 watt RSL. Um, th- that's really good. That actually was the album that turned me on to them because I'd always thought, oh, fucking Midnight Oil, whatever. I'd like King of the Mountain. I'd like a few tracks along the journey, but I always found them a bit kind of whiny and plaintive. And, I mean, I like I the riff from uh, 
beds are burning. But you know, it's like bits and pieces. Uh, I, I'd really, I'd liked, but when I got got hold of that album and thought, oh fuck, they've they've been great forever. And we did like years and years ago on this podcast, we did um, one of their early like nineteen eighty five live albums. Live on Goat Island, live on um, it was either Goat Island or Quarantine Island or one of the yeah, islands yeah, out yeah. in the middle of, yep. of, of the of the harbour. Yeah, and it was really good. They were really good. That was back when they were a more about you know a pub rock band that had you know political aspirations. Um, but yeah, this is um, it, it's it's depressing that they still have to do this stuff, and it's also depressing that. We have to listen to it. Well, no, I sort of came around to the to like if the old guys still want to make music, like I only oh sure I, 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 only, sure. I only have to listen. But I, I, I felt like they ran out of anything better to do because Peter Garrett's literally done everything else. He's like, oh fuck it, I'll just make another album then, and I'll just I'll just work out my sadness that way. But it did make me think. You know, we do we often fucking lionize the idea of the great legacy band late era. You know, late career album that just comes out of nowhere and is like, oh fuck, they've lost nothing. They're still as great as they always were. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we can got plenty of examples of that. You know, Prodigy and, and whatever else. And a subset of that is the legacy act that fucks off and goes away for fifteen years, and then comes and reunites to to do the fantastic comeback album. Yeah, and that's even rarer. I can't think of very many examples of that at all. Yeah, that'd be that'd be a, a a good research project, wouldn't it? Well, the, the only one I can well, the one I, can, I thought of immediately was the Veruca Salt uh, comeback album in 2015. Yeah, okay. Because I was listening was listening to this album and it, and it kind of sprung in my head then, and I went back and I listened to um, Veruca Salt's be- uh, you know basically quite a lot of of Veruca Salt's two really good albums, uh, American Thighs and, and Eight Arms to Hold You. And then I listened to Ghost Notes, and I'm like, I think I tweeted about it. You know, you could tell it was a drunken fucking podcasting night tweet, uh, saying you know Ghost Notes was just quietly was a fucking brilliant album. I think it was it was in my top five of albums for 2015. That was the first year we did the podcast, but it was like they'd literally not played together since 1997, and they came back you know 18 years later and just like okay let's just bang this out, and that's that's the fucking the high point of the. Legacy Act pumping out the late career album is the ones where literally no one was was happy to be in the, the same room together. Maybe Oasis could do it, but I can't even think of candidates of bands who'd, who'd be able to do it, let alone bands that have done it successfully. I'm, tr- I'm trying to think of, like, bands that uh, – and someone – Because it normally sucks. Normally it's like fucking um, – Soul Invictus from um, Faith mm, No More. Yeah, that's normally what you get. That that and that was the one I was thinking of. Was like they had a, a big break and came back and we were all excited. And it's like, well, like that that Tomahawk album was 10, 20, 30 times better than the than Soul Invictus. Like, mm. a, a, and not too. But Tomahawk had recorded in the previous ten years, so they don't. Really yeah, I guess so. Oh, I, th- but- I think the uh, the gap with the Faith No More album was comparable because it was. Um, it was kind of mid nineties to 2015, 2016-ish. So mm. it was about the same. But um, it'd be fascinating to know who who the driving creative force on that Soul Invictus album. Like, did did Patton just basically rock up and get handed a lyric sheet and said, "Here, sing this and make some money." 
Because it's like it's not like he needs the creative outlet of Faith No More, right? He he can go and do all these other stuff for his creative bent, and then just turn up and make some cash with Faith No More. So like it'd be quite easy for him to hand all the creative duties over. Uh, it, like, what does he care? Well, if my computer loaded faster, I could actually look up who who has the songwriting credits. Oh, who has the things. songwriting credits? Yeah, that that's that sounds way too professional for us. Well. It also sounds like it's too much for my fucking computer. So it is. So, so I, I think I was a little bit- The computer I haven't used since I was listening to Veruca Sound last week, so that might be the problem. Um, I think I'm a little bit higher on the Midnight Oil album than you, uh, like, but it was- I mean, I'm not- it's, I, just, I just didn't- I, When I listened to it, I just didn't want to hear it again. And that actually yeah. makes it hard to do a music podcast when you're like, I don't want to hear that again. That wasn't any fun. That sucked. Yeah, but it, it was it was entirely expected, you know. I, you know, it turned out exactly how anybody would have expected it to, and yet I was still kind of disappointed. Uh, uh, yeah, just thinking back of like how I listened to this this week, I've only listened to that once, and I sort of was like, oh yeah, Midnight Oil. It's a Midnight Oil album. It's a bit low energy, and then move on to both the other artists, which. I found Sol Invictus credits. Well, I'll just jump in here. Yeah, all songs performed by Faith No More. All songs written by Faith No More. Uh, Thanks, you can't. Yeah. <laughs> that tells me nothing. Yeah, they don't sound that. Oh, I reckon Patton wouldn't have had. I just, I just don't see why he would bother. He would just rock up and he'd be quite happy to rock up and sing. I'm sure he he had some input, but. I don't think he would feel a great deal of grief if he didn't have ownerships on those songs because he's got like six other fucking things on the go at the same time. Oh, here we are. Patton was a, wrote every single one of them. They were all written by Billy Gould and Mike Patton. There you go. So I wonder where- It's all Gould and Patton. Occasionally, Mike Board and John Hudson pop up, I, I but want- it's almost exclusively Gould and Patton. I wonder whether Gould is the bass player. For, yeah, for well, Gould Gould's know. always been more the music, and Patton's been the lyrics. But Patton, yeah. So, uh, uh, hmm, interesting. Be interesting to know a little bit about the um, the methodology behind how they made it. I'm sure, there was some kind of tedious behind the music thing written. Hmm. All right, what what, what, what did you think it. of um, Methylethyl? What did I think of Methyl Not fucking much. Okay. Um, there was a lot of uh, a lot of kind of Robin meets Tori Amos uh, bedroom faffing abouts, and um, I uh, not for me, Clive. Um, yeah. So I've got a little just extremely modern Triple J, which I think yes, is, the, d- d- is the insult it's meant to be. <laughs> I'm not quite as down on it as you are. I quite like. Uh, early Florence and the Machine, and this is like a, uh, I find this like a less histronic version of, I, I of Florence. I kind of got more like late Larue after her yeah, producer yep. fucked off on her. Yeah, yep. So it's kind of not as good Larue. But, but that's how I was going to say. That's, that's I, I, th- I think that's you, a bit I of think an insult on missed... too. Oh, I've been telling everybody okay. as, as possible as I can. Um, I think you might have misgendered him last week. Mm. Yes, I did. 
What were you thinking? Well, the, 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 the fucking the artist's name is Ethel. You just a fair assumption to assume, yeah. you know. And and he, he loves a, a. It's not like he's singing like Mark Patton, kind of thing. Um, and look, I don't I don't know how old mate fucking identifies, but his name is Luke. So yeah, their name is Luke. So I, I might be I might be picking up on my kid's habit of like calling animals by it's just like pronouns are uh, you know sort of something to be treated. Just, just you throw them around him, her. I, I, I keep finding that I call I call the cats, I call the cats by female pronouns and the dog by male pronoun, even though the one of the cats is male and, and the dog is female. female. Yeah. So it's like I've and I keep going. Why, why am I fucking socialised to do this? Why am I seeing cats it's, as female, even though this cat is definitely a dude? Yeah. It was a dude until he knackers got. Yeah, I was going to say we we took we took our cat to the vet to get its nuts cut off. We're pretty sure it's a boy, <laughs> but yeah. It's a sheet. It seems to be literally. That's how we found out the cat was a was a male. Is that we thought it was a when uh, when he came to us when he was a bub, a little kitten. We said we don't want to get a thing, and it's like well, it turned out to be cheaper because it turns out he's actually male, which was um, you know a surprise to us. Not that we were checked. Uh, something I take a great interest in. Uh, uh, I'll do anything not to talk about this album, won't I? Yeah, um, like, like I, I know what you mean by that, Triple J. I, I think it's at the higher end of that um, inoffensive Triple J sound. I, I, quite, I quite enjoy this album. I think Vanessa will really like this album. Wow. Oh. Wow. I hope she never hears you say that. Um, the, 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 probably the biggest take against it is I was like I, I quite like this album I know the doc's not going to like this I quite like this album and then I was like okay what's the what's the what's the song you want to listen to again which track like you, I, I, like I've got a terrible memories for name of tracks but like I can usually go oh that track's um, second or the third the one that goes doodle doodle and yeah, then does or, the or, other you thing know, yeah. or, or yeah. I know where it is in the album like it's the third yeah. track and I'm like oh, maybe maybe proof I'd uh, I mean, it's not all. Of, it's not, not all of a type, you know. It, no. it does. It does at least change around, you know, change its angle around a bit. Mm. I'm much keener to talk about Krungbin and Leon. You're Bridges. much keener to talk about the Joker EPs that can't be in the end of your mm. thing, which is D- disapp- very difficult. Disappointingly, very difficult. Yeah. Uh. So my first note I've got is is Doris the best trip hop song written in the last sort of seven or eight years? No, it's, no, no. Still, still giving that to the Crystal Method. No, I reckon there's better stuff on that fucking um, Green Tea Ping. Oh yeah, no, that's fair. That, that Green Tea Ping album has, has really grown on me. It, it wasn't trip hop throughout, but the, when when they went trip hop with it, it was yeah. like, oh fuck, this is yeah. You know, it's still it was still a little bit kind of it, it, reggae we, infused, reggae dub infused, but it was it was like, oh fuck, now this this you know this yeah. could be in Bristol in nineteen ninety one, easy. Yeah, it was enough where you were like, if if I was a you know. Uh, uh, not Russian billionaire because they seem to be on the nose at the moment. Uh, what sort of billionaire? That's what's a good billionaire at the moment? Belarusian, Belarusian, <laughs> Georgian, like, like Kazakhstani. Could could I throw Uzbekistani? A, could I throw a heap, heap of cash at Green Tea Pang to make a, tr- a like a classic trip hop album? Because I think she's Azerbaijani. Def- 
Texan. Um, eh. But oligarchs are oligarchs. Doesn't matter where they're from. They're all cunts. This is like uh, beats influence soul. Would you call it? I don't know because my immediate reaction to it was that this was kind of had a little bit of kind of seventies country rock space. You know, it felt a little bit like the Eagles to open, and I know they didn't stay there, but that was kind of the abiding that stuck with me is like. What? Why are we recapitulating the Eagles? And don't we all have better things to do than this? Listen, well, Leon. This Bridges. is like a waste of Kareng Ben and and Leon Bridges' resources to yeah. be to be remaking Hotel California. I, I, I really enjoyed these EPs. I, I thought they were, and, and this is what I like about EPs. And I enjoy thing. EPs as well. I hate it when you have to squeeze really hard. <laughs> um, at my age, it's often you know. Well, can I make sure you shake out the last of it? One of the things I like about EPs is that you can... They're short. They go away quickly. (laughs) Sure. I was more going to say was you can play around with ideas that aren't good enough to make into a full album, but you don't necessarily want to just throw them on the scrap heap. Like, they can still be interesting. And that's how I sort of feel about this. I don't know whether there's the meat in either of these EPs to turn into an album, but I'm... No. I'm, Did you sense any kind of tonality difference between them? You know, the sun and the moon. Uh, I was kind of looking for it, and I never found it. I was. It just felt like there were ideas that worked. You know, could have been on either. They were relatively interchangeable in terms of tracks from sun could have been on moon. It wasn't like one was light and one was dark, like that fucking tedious, unending fucking um, melancholy, the infinite sadness wank that <laughs> Billy Corgan did. I more felt a little bit like the Sims EP where it was like, we've got this bunch of random ideas that we don't know where to fit them into. Here are all the ideas that are not going to fit on the project that, well, in that case, we probably should have seen it coming that the next album was going to be uh, almost a concept album and it was going to be very, yeah. uh, you know, very, you know, inflow in, uh, influenced. And here were a bunch of ideas that weren't going to fit on it, so well, that's why they kind of they, they and, kind of got prepackaged into an EP. And the funny thing, I don't is, think this is this because this is more of a this is a collab. You know, this is Leon Bridges is a dude in his own right. Yeah, well, and Karungban are uh, like a, yeah. a band that has written albums. Like, uh, but it's like they're both they're both credible you know, standalone artists. So. Yeah. This is not going to be the precursor to something else. This is just a bit uh, of a side fiddling. Yeah, I get, uh, maybe they just like hanging out together, <laughs> and this gives them an excuse. Uh, Entirely possible. Yeah, uh, I, I enjoyed it. I, th- this would, th- this is going to go into a heap of my sort of mixtape, yeah. uh, you know, f- party playlist. There's there's a couple of songs in there that I really like, but. It's not. Flat. If it was a single album, and if it did come out in twenty twenty one, then you might have a discussion to have about album, <sighs> album of the, you know, somewhere in the discussion for for yeah, you know, uh, like you said, I, top I just, ten contender perhaps. It, it's it's not coherent enough. Like even across no, the, across no, the thing, it's, it's it's a bunch. Your your, your EP shout is is again uh, very accurate because it is a bunch of you know interesting ideas that have been sort of you know laid out like a like a fucking smorgasbord, like a you know a taster plate. Like a bit of charcuterie. There's a bit of olives and a bit of salami and a few different, you know, all kinds of different ideas that don't necessarily work together as a coherent meal, but um, tasty on their own. Hmm. And I think I've stretched the metaphor about as far as it could possibly go. 
Um, I really like Doris out of the two. Doris was my favourite track. Oh, my name's Doris and I really like you too, Pizzo. <laughs> All right, what do you got? What do you? Oh, so listen, I listened to um, Top Top Flight Time Machine, which is which used to be a pod- originally was a podcast about going through old um, Premier League seasons and talking about what happened, but is is has developed into something that is absolutely not that. But um, one of the guys in it is an old dude from um, older dude from like London, and he's often breaks into sort of random Cockney, and they often talk about uh, women as Dorises. So when you said oh, I like Dorises, I thought. What you do? I'll be hanging out with this old Doris. Ah, uh, dear. Anyway, um, I mentioned that methyl ethyl is. Um, I felt like Robin meets Tori Amos, and I almost remembered the fact that. Um, uh, I mean, I have, I have issues with Tori Amos that have got nothing to do with Tori Amos herself. It's just for the fact that I, uh, one of my dearest friends, I lived with uh, in at uni. And he happened to be a massive Tori Amos stan, and he played her shit endlessly, you know, endlessly, endlessly, endlessly. And you know, while I, you know, I, you know, I think the world of him, I, um, I do not think the world of Tori Amos. And it reminded me of the fact that you remember last week we did talk about the um, the Desert Island discs episode we did as episode mm. fifty. It was a two parter. It, it went for two and a half oh. hours, and we split it up. Oh but, my god. Uh, I was so convinced when we talked last week that we hadn't done that bad a job with our Desert Island Discs episode. <laughs> I said, no, Bezo, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. So I went back and listened to the whole fucking thing. The whole fucking thing. And 41 minutes in, forty-one minutes into the first episode, we'd done a fantastic job. We were talking about other people's top fives and we were being respectful and supportive and all that sort of stuff. And then one of your bar, it was like some one, uh, a top five from one of your bar staff, and she quoted a, a Tori Amos song. And I decided <laughs> to say, I would rather set my pubes on fire and throw myself in a lake than listen to Tori Amos ever again. And that's where the episode went off the rails, and it never got back. Oh. And to this day, I felt bad about how our um our, our Desert Island Dis episode, our, our episode fifty, our first big round number episode, um, turned out. Because I feel like a lot of people put their trust and faith in us. They gave us their, their little babies, their, the, the music that they wanted to take to their desert island together, and we just went, nah, fuck you. I hope you die on that island, you cunt, because your music tastes as shit. And then that's – and when I say we, I mean me, because it was, it was all me, Bezo. It was all me. It was just me. Because – that was it. Remember back in the day when I, when I used to get really drunk doing this podcast and just just oh, trying to do jokes. It wasn't it wasn't just you. Like I, I, there is a lot of slurring in a lot of those early episodes. Yes, but but I was all I didn't care how fucking obnoxious I was as long as I got the jokes off. Mm. Um, so that that was what characterised the early years of this podcast. I thought I was doing some kind of bit. Um, I feel like we've kind of grown to be something else. Yeah, since. Um, but that brings us to the fact that next week is our three hundredth episode. Mm. So we've done two hundred and fifty episodes since, which is uh, just insane. Like, that that actually fucking blows my mind. It is. It's pretty impressive. I mean, you think that's that's at least a week of music. Every every one of those is a week of music. So that's. I mean, we we know it's because that um that fiftieth episode was you know before the Brexit vote. That's how long it was. Mid, it was sort of June twenty sixteen. It was an extremely long time ago. Um, 
And so- it's sort of it was something that struck me last last year's um, album of the year episode is that there's no way that the the guy who picked the the Desert Island disc albums that I picked in 2016 would have thought that in in 2021, no matter what else had happened in the world, that I would be picking a fucking Wu Tang side project with MF Doom as my album of the year. Mm. So it is. I, I feel like, given that we are hitting the big 300 next week, it would be kind of cool if we went back and maybe relooked at the Desert Island Discs concept. Well, well we and did we, it properly this time. We we talked a little bit off off air about this, and I said, "Oh, what did I pick?" And you sort of, you know, refused to tell me. And I've deliberately. Well, I, I can tell you, but I no, wonder no, whether it'd be more interesting I, if you I, didn't I know. I don't think you should, because like I was thinking, well, fuck, what would have I picked in two thousand and sixteen? And I've actually, I've I've thought quite a bit about this in the last week, and I've. I've given myself a little structure and I've changed my mind like nine different times because I like I, I used to run a live music venue and yet I reckon I've tripled, quadrupled. I, I don't know what the exponential amount of albums that I could even consider for a top five no, no, because it's not just a top five, right? It's not your top five. It's not five. a top five. It's, it's, it's the it's only like five albums you get to listen, listen to, to for the rest, for the rest of, time. of your life. So there is. And I think we need to set aside the idea that it's, you know, you have to have happy music because you, you're dying on an island or anything <laughs> like that. It's just the concept is just this is all your music for the rest of time. Yeah. It's def- the, the entire, your entire music universe. Of these five albums, which which is a great conceit, like it really does yeah. focus you, your brain. Because how do you capture your entire taste in five albums? And I have to look at the five albums that I picked, and it was like, mm, no, I think that's probably more likely to be my five favorite albums. And, and I think I think I missed a trick. Mm. I mean, I, I I know what my five were, and I know my neck my five now would be totally different. And I'm really interested to dig into why that is, and. Uh, and it's not just because of reframing the question. It's literally because my music tastes have expanded through the process of this podcast. And that's been the joy of doing it is that, is that I've, um, I've let go of some of the prejudices I had about electronic music and hip hop and anything that wasn't loud, fucking classic rock, you know, four pieces, two guitarists and a, and a bass player and a drummer and maybe, maybe a, a singer as well kind of stuff. Um, which is most of what was in my top five in, in 2016, like, like Desert Island Disc in 2016. I think if I was on, on that Desert Island in 2016, I would have been bored fucking off my tits. And I'd throw myself in the sea, which probably, you know, given that it was surrounded by sea, it probably would have turned out okay. <laughs> like I've even been going through, like I've got all my Spotify best of, you know, since they've been doing it saved. And it's like, okay, you know, th- these are actually the the songs you've listened to the most, and it's fascinating to see some of what I call, like, so I call everything pre-podcast nostalgia music, right? Because I go to you go to house the before times, yeah. But you go to if you I, I don't know if you if you notice this, but I go to house parties, like you know, pa- I don't which, go to house parties. I'm fucking forty three years old. No, no, not like not like house music parties, not like popping in. Oh. <laughs> Not raves, mate. I'm not talking about raves. I'm talking the disco biscuits. That's more, you know, we've delegated that out to Ace McWigan, who's doing it for everybody. 
Oh, I've got I've got nothing against the disc the the disco biscuits, but I'm more like you go to a a party at someone's house, right? And and they're in charge of the music, and it's real. I find it really fascinating how locked into a time period they are. But is that because of the audience too? Because if you're setting the music for a party and you know that your audience is mostly late thirties, early forties, you're going to play music that you think most late thirties, early forties people are going to be comfortable with. Well, which means nineties, early two thousands, triple J shit, basically. Uh, but it de- depends, right? Because I've got some friends that are. It depends how much you like your guests, because some people are like, "No, fuck you! You can listen to my music and you can eat my fucking dick." Well, it's well when people come around here, it's like, have you? Can I can I evangelize about this new, uh, you know, ki- ki- music that I've? Is this, <laughs> is this when nobody comes around, man? Probably, probably. You have to bribe them with your cooking and your pool. <laughs> That's true. It's like, c- come for a swim, and I'll I'll tell you all about uh, Troy King. Yeah, come for a swim. I'll cook you some food, and I will punish you with some <laughs> random fucking grime artist you've never heard of. <laughs> but like, uh, like, oh, so, so I, when we, when you suggested that we redo the the, the Desert Island disc, which I absolutely think we should, um, I was like, oh, this would be easy. I I know it's going to be this, 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 and this, and it's like, and then I, I go back through, you know, some of the things that I've listened to heavily, and I'm like, oh shit, what about what about this artist? Yeah, are, are you really are you really going to go the rest of your life? Never listening to Salmonella Dub again, or Fat Freddy's. Like you, you can't have both. You, you got to pick one. It's it's a bit like picking a starting five, and you end up there are certain. You know, you need to pick a point guard and a start and a shooting guard and a yeah. small forward and a power forward and a, and a center. And you might have a couple of alternates for center. You might have a couple yeah. of alternates for for point guard. You might have something, but you in order to cover the, all of the fucking. All of the the skill types you need to be to be your entire world of music, be your entire universe. It, it is a bit like that. And I'm kind of thinking like that. I'm thinking that album. I can have that album. Or I can have that album. But they kind of both have to have the same role because there's other. I need to use the other albums to cover off various other things. Yeah, because sometimes you, the skill sets. You know what happens if you're in the mood for a particular style and you've got all post-punk albums like it just doesn't work you got you got to cover off <laughs> like that 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 tears for fears album because i've been thinking a lot about that tears for fears album right Be- sewing machine of love <laughs> because it, it th- there's and I, i've got like four or five albums in that real early childhood discovery of music period like there's tears for fears there's dire straits there's in excess and like it's not it's not music that I need to listen to all the time, but uh, there, there is a, a, just something in me every now and again. I'm like, I need to listen to some cheesy mid '80s stuff. So it's kind of a question of how important it is to tell the story yeah. of yourself versus up to that point versus how important is it to have. Something that will sustain you for the rest of your life. Yeah, because like L- "Love Over Gold," right? By Dire Straits is not. I- if I was going to do my top twenty albums of all time, I don't know whether that would make my top twenty albums of all time. I don't know whether "Tears for Fears" would make my top twenty. Uh, but it, I, I do have a need in me to listen to that style of nostalgic music 
every now and again. So am I going to deny that to myself for the rest of my life? That's a really interesting thought. I, 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 and I don't have an answer for it yet. I, 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 like, I, I'm I, not sure how, how deep you want to dig, dig into the psychology of this. So, or, or do we forget all the music we'd ever heard before this? Do we constantly reminded of, oh, I wish I could listen to fucking, I don't know, Glenn Medeiros or some 1989 shit? Well, I don't. Th- I don't think we need to go too deeply into it. Well, the funny thing is, I actually think I don't think I'm going to have an album from '93 to 2000. I don't think any album written in that time period will make my Desert Island discs. Which I've is got- interesting because that's our like the, that's like- our sweet spot in terms of music. Because yeah. that's when we, I mean, you and I were fucking sort of mid teens to fucking 20-something. Yeah, so So, everybody else that you asked to do this exercise would pick at least three albums from that sweet spot. Well, I remember that when we did ask people to do it, there was a lot of that kind of of stuff. The the, the Pearl Jams and the Nirvana. And I I should say, we're not going to do the whole putting out the call for Desert Island. Even though we would be much more respectful now... um, we we did a you know we did a shitty job we, and people can't trust us because you know we we might get full of liquor and start saying fucking Tori Amos is, is something you should be cutting your testicles off to or something of worse than that effect so Tori Amos is fine if you're not traumatized by the very sound of her um, well it, but like- yeah, I mean we did we did such a bad job last last time that when that Adam Adam's literal first two albums that he picked were the, all of the number one songs by the Beatles and all of the number one songs by Stevie Wonder. So that's that proves that we hadn't set our fucking terms of reference properly. Yes. I think we have to say no no compilation albums, obviously. So so no no judgment night? No kind of judgment night soundtrack. Oh, I don't think it, I if I mean, I don't know how serious you are about it, but if you wanted it that's more legitimate than yeah, you know than a, than a number comp- than all the number ones, ones by the Beatles. Yes, I agree. Because, that's, because that, that, that was, is, that that was is an, an album that, is, that was built for a purpose. Yeah, it's it's an album that's built as an album, even though it's got a million yeah. different artists. Same with the Spawn soundtrack. Like, yeah, we, we've 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 talked about this a million times. But that I feel like it's a cop out. But you know, I, I think it's it's more defensible than than picking you know a compilation, a greatest hit, a greatest hits, yeah. which is of a single artist, which is, um, you know, a greatest hits is never conceived as an album. Um, the other thing I wanted to float is how do you feel about live albums? Well, I had t- I actually had two on my list, and Adam had one. Did I have one? Did I not have Hunters and Collectors that that double mm, live album? I can't answer that question. Yeah, see, that's that's a really like. Actually, I can. You didn't. You didn't have it. It was in. It was in your like highly commended. Uh, no, yeah, it, it, it wasn't in your top five. Yeah. Because it's kind of a surrogate way of getting a um, See, a greatest hits in there when yeah, it's it, kind of it, it is. Except is like, it against the spirit? I don't know. Because I, don't know. Because I think that living in small rooms and lounges, right? Even though it's a greatest hits, well, it's not as much a greatest hits as it's, it's under more, roof is. It's more a, a capturing of what hunters and collectors were like as a band, way more than any of their studio albums, like. That yeah, is actually and, and as we said when because we kind of also when we did um Small Rooms as a classic album, we also kind of did their other live album, which was from their their 
farewell tour. And it was much of a biggest, you know, it wasn't a stadium show. They were yeah. playing, you know, Coogee Bay Hotel and stuff. But that was much more of a let's play the bangers in front of a big crowd kind of mm. stuff versus small rooms, which was a little bit more intimate and they played around with ideas and, you know. Yeah, I, I felt it was more like almost like a concept live album, small rooms. Look, I, I, I'm, I think we should allow live albums, but I think, both of us would be disappointed in each other if we picked one. Like, I think it's a I'm little, a, a little bit cheating. I, I, yeah. I don't like. I love that Hunter's one. It's not going to make my top five this time either. There's, yeah, I want to. Um, I want to challenge myself by not picking. Like my, the first album I picked off the rank was the ACDC Live double album from 1991, which has always been my favourite album and the album I've played the most. But it is so easy and obvious to to be a cop out. And I mm. feel like I need, for the sake of this exercise, for the intellectual part of this exercise, I'd like to stretch myself a bit, for, a bit beyond that and say, okay, if there's an ACDC AC, album, pick one. You reckon they all sound the same? Fucking pick one. Uh, so there I, you go. I, the, the thing I find about it well, is like I am genuinely feeling the pain of what I am not going to pick. Uh, like... That there is you some, are Dinosaur Jr. You are feeling the pain of everyone. That there is some albums that I absolutely love that I feel like I could not spend my life without. That I'm not going to be able to pick. You can, you can't yeah you, you can't pick Salmonella Dub and Fat Freddy's Drop. That is just ridiculous. If you're going to be no, like, they're, they're, I would say they're bracketed in selection. You know, yeah. they, it's one or the other. Yeah, because yeah. they they do the same job. You know, they both play halfback. They could play a little bit of fly half. You're not going to pick two trip hop albums. You're not going to pick two hip hop albums. I don't. No, think you're it- not. Gonna, you're not going to pick Massive Attack and fucking Porter's Head. You're going to. Where are you? Yeah, like. D- I it, mean, you it, could you could pick any five fucking early nineties hip hop albums if you wanted to. Uh, if I pick a grime album, does that mean everything gets shut down? Well, no. But if I pick a grime album, does that mean I don't? Is all of hip hop off the table? Like, oh no, that doesn't. No, you could you could pick five grime albums if you wanted. No, no, but do, do you know what I'm saying? Like, if if you're but, trying yeah, to, but, but you want if you want to get representation, if you're trying to cover, and also representation is another issue. My fucking top five was overwhelmingly white. <laughs> um, frankly, as was yours. Yeah, uh, and and overwhelmingly male. I don't think it would be that white and male in 2022 than it was in 20, 2016 just because it, can't, it fucking can't be. We haven't listened to, you know, we've listened to too much different shit to be, the, uh, to be the, you know, trotting out the same fucking old white the, man kind of action. The, this is way harder a job than it was when we did it at episode Absolutely 50. it is. Absolutely Way is. harder. And even and also because in episode 50 we also – stuck to the rule where I think we, we, we basically used classic album rules whereby you couldn't pick anything less than five years old. Hmm. I don't think we, we, we're not going to have that rule. You know, we'll, no, we'll no, just, no, no. it's be- all comers. Yeah. Because like- Because I, that I, would I, exclude Little Sims and basically we don't <laughs> want to exclude Little Sims. No, but not even that. There's like, th- th- there's a, there's someone that's like tapping Fat Freddy's and Salmonella Dub on the, on the shoulder and going, hey guys, I I don't know whether you've got the best album in this space. I, I don't know whether you yeah. do. And you got to let the next gen come through. Yeah. Um, 
what what did you think of my hall pass idea for the for the in, in the inclusion of a single that you absolutely think is just like the, the a banger of a single so it's like five plus one for one extra song that you get to add. Yeah, so it's like a, a song that you think is just like like a pure expression of a good song, but the album or the artist or whatever it is, it, it, you, you're never going to include that album. But it's just like if I could just listen to this one, if I could bring this one song with me, like this whole pass from the album concept, because we are wedded to the album concept, right? We are, yeah. we are, we are. Well, what the- you're basically saying is, what's your favorite non-album song? Yeah. yeah. Oh no, no. But like, it can be a, it could be I mean, a. It is. It, it, that's yeah. what it is. It's, yeah. it's your favorite. What, what's your favorite song in the world? Because it probably won't be on any of those five albums. Well, it's, and I suppose yeah. for me, the, the only thing I found intimidating about that is that that's a really fucking big question and I don't know if I can answer it because well, there are a lot of fucking songs in the world, man. But yeah. I'll give it a crack. Yeah, I, 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 like I, I, I came to it right from a, 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 a place where I was like, I, I don't want to go to the my island without this song. And then I was like, mm. but if I open that door... You could then pick this song and this song and this song and this song. I was like, oh, fuck, this is a really hard choice. <laughs> oh, that's the thing. Now, now you've opened it up to every song that was ever written in the entire world yeah. in the history of time. Without, which is, ha- without having to say- With no context, which, which kind of- We could be here for a while. Yeah. So we're not picking new albums for next week because we- No. Put- <laughs> we again, this week we didn't do that good a job of it anyway, yeah. so that's all right. Oh, well-, well, well was it last week, the week before? That we, no, I thought last week was a pretty solid week, so we, we're not The stuck. previous week, we, we, the previous, previous week, it was all good. Yeah. Um, this week, though, um, I don't feel like I – I certainly didn't win the week, but um, – I, I, It's one of those weeks where it's like nothing was bad, but nothing was ex- – there was nothing that, that made you – well, nothing made my short my short list or my long list. No, and, and that Midnight Oil album is – I'm never going to listen to it again. I think that's pretty. I'm pretty comfortable with that. I just don't. I just don't need to hear that again. It was no good. It was not interesting. All right, a, a way to do it. <laughs> a way to have our fun with it with our three hundredth episode. This could be. This could be harder than any end of the year episode. For, I, I feel. Yeah. Um, and if you do, if you are interested in sharing your um your desert island albums, uh, we are interested in hearing them. Um, and we promise not to trash them, but we're not we're not making a deliberate attempt to reach out and ask people what their their greatest atta- uh, um, their, their greatest. <laughs> it's been a long day. Uh, the <laughs> their desert island. The, discs the desert are. island discs were. We're just trying to see how far our own music tastes have ventured in the time we've done this podcast, and it, to and it, that's why it's more interesting for us to do that because we've done that two hundred and fifty episodes. Since the last time we did this exercise, so we feel like, and I don't necessarily think everybody else listening to this podcast has gone through that experience. No, so, so it's really, it's really an internal assessment exercise to figure out what has this podcast done to our fucking brains. <laughs> it's a bit, it's a little bit like therapy without the therapy. Yes, it's just the question mark at the end of therapy. Remember the, the, the Irish band. All right, Doc. I uh, look forward to next week. I will. I look forward to to your you picking five remixes of the Little Sims up. <laughs> uh, 
All right, catch on the flip side. And then side. picking something off the new Little Tim's album is your one song that you can't live without. No, no, that will not be the case. All right, I'll catch you later, Doc. No, I'm not going to pick that. I wish I could include that, but man. Why can't you? Your, your, your oh, list is sort of legal. No, I mean, there's not, you can pick. You can pick the same artist multiple times. I mean, it's not. We're not. We're not having any of those classic album rules whereby you can. Oh, well, you've got one, but you've got one fucking die straight album, so you can't have two. No, 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 no. That's want, right. It's like that, and that's the thing, right? It is like this. It, it's extremely personal, but it's also, it, uh, yeah, like. I find I, I'm the most I'm at the most creative when I've got those constraints, right? When it's like a time constraint or a or a resource constraint, and this is the perfect sort of constraint. It's like you only get to listen to these al- albums for the rest of your life. Are you really sure you're going to be able to do without this type of music? Are you going to be? Let's be fair. A lot of people our age have done that by choice. They're only listening to five fucking albums. Yeah, that's right. It's just five shitty albums from the nineties that they got into. Yeah, and that and that was the interesting thing about this Troy Kingy album, right? Which I, I deliberately didn't name. I, I went to um, my brother-in-law, who's I think he's three years younger than Ness. So they're they're, they're like a, a fair chunk. They're, they're like a distant, a chunk of age different enough. From me, is this Ness's brother, or yeah. is this? Is this so Vanessa's a, a year's younger than uh, a year younger than me, and then I think her yeah, brother powerful. is three years younger than her. So it's like between four or five. Like all his friends are like four or five years younger than me. So anyway, we went. He, he didn't have his birthday party because of COVID, so he had his forty-first birthday party instead, and we went to um, Sanon, Sanon Real. So we we took like so D- Dean planned this a long time ahead. So we and it was not a school holiday. So we had every fucking campground spot pretty much in, at Sand River, right? So it's all his friends, a couple of relatives, a couple of oldies, and so we went out on Dean's boat fishing. And he's like, "Oh, pick some pick some music for me." Like to, he like he knows about the podcast. He's like, "Play me something new that I might like." I'm like. Everyone likes this album. Like, Perform for me, music boy. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Come on, podcast boy. This is all your good fun. You only brought you here as a DJ. You can't now play me some music. You listen to a hundred new mu- albums a year. Play me something yeah. new. Play me one, right? I don't like it. I'll kill all you, you fucking wanker. So, so I put the Troy King album. Usually was Burley. Put I the- don't know why he's got the voice of a some sort of British lord, but fuck. So put, he's got a boat, which is more than I've got. So I put that Troy Kingy album on, and he's like, fuck, this is pretty good. So we get back, and we're, we're cleaning the fish, and, like, this this boat has a, a sound system that most fucking nightclubs would like. So we clean the fish, and he puts it I on. See where you go, I can see where you go out on holiday with these yeah. people. Uh, he he puts, puts it on while we're cleaning the music, and, like, you could just see the, the all the people, and he's like, damn, what, what, 
what's this album? He's like, oh, he's asked him, he's like, I put this on. And so, like, I put, like, seven people onto fucking that Troy King album on that on that holiday. And it's just like... But then didn't you punish them with his subsequent album and that didn't work quite as well? No, but, but the thing I find interesting is they were so locked into their music seven or five years removed from what my cohort would be that something interesting and new just fucking broke their brains. Like, all, all the stuff that- yeah, they- yeah, but that's that's true of everybody yes, I know, beyond but- the age of everything because yes. it's really hard and tiring yes. to break out. You've, you've got to make a deliberate effort. Yes. You've got to basically invent a podcast- uh, well- if we weren't- That makes you- Because I'm not sure to how- I know I'd probably want to do this. Yeah. But this- this The format of this podcast makes me have to reserve time well, in my week to go out and actively explore new music. We, we- I don't have any fucking choice. We would absolutely be those punishing people locked into yeah. that time period if we didn't I would have be listening podcast. to music from the, from the fucking late 90s through to about 2005. Well- uh, When I got married and then there would be anything- There'd be nothing after it. Like, have you got people in your life that, like, it breaks their brain that you like DJ format? <laughs> no, because I think people just kind of expect the least from me. Yeah. People don't ex- – they expect <laughs> oddness. Yeah, okay. That's fair enough. So I don't I don't think um, – I think the people who, who know me in real life know I'm not quite as a, much of a caricature as I am on the internet. So I think, I think <laughs> that's not <laughs> – it's not such a thing, but um, whereas in my real life, I'm I'm seen as even more judgmental than I am on the podcast. Well, it'll be interesting to know how much that fucking fiftieth episode of our podcast has to do with. No, that. no, I, I actually think Cal- Californication has a lot to do with that. Like, that yeah, is, that and is- it should do because that's a shit album. It's shit. It's just fucking shit. That is just something that I just will not bend on at it, all. It, the standard you walk past is the standard you accept, and I do not accept Californication. <laughs> it, is, it is not good enough to have the attention and love that it's got. <sighs> it is the Big Bang Theory of fucking albums. And I, I accept that every Chili Peppers album since then has been worse, but that does not make it better. Uh dear. All right. I'm look I I'm really looking forward to next week. I I've, this is gonna I've, be this is gonna be a bit of fun. I've changed uh, I've changed my mind like nineteen times already. I expect to change my time my, my mind many, many more times. How much actual re listening to albums do you think you're gonna need to do for this? Because these albums are like such a part of my brain that I don't I can kind of replay them all in my head and I can go I think I can re you know I actually don't know how much actual re-listening I'm going to do. No, I, but I suspect maybe I'm going to have to do that for the real, you know, when I'm whittling down the top fucking thirty five to make a top five. So, so I think that that might be necessary. So I, I set myself some rules. I said, you you three. The three albums that you think are the best, a nostalgia album, a wildcard album, and I'm like, okay, I, I've already looked at it and gone. Uh, I'm straining against these constraints uh, yeah, already. Like, I'm like, who says <laughs> fuck these wrong? rules? Who came up with these rules? What a <laughs> fucking prick! These rules are terrible. <laughs> I can't fucking, do that. The band's always trying to keep me down. It's like I need ten albums. Give me ten. Yes. F- five is a I need a bigger island. That's that's right. Like 
I think at episode 50, five was a perfectly acceptable number. I, I, I need 10. I need, I need 10 albums. Uh, it's going to be really fucking hard. It's going to be tight. But I, I think the um, I, I think I've gravitated towards the idea of the starting five. And, and I want five albums that all do something different. Yeah. That all cover off a different area of my music loves. So it's and and it might not be the best example of that, but it might be the most versatile. Like it might cover off a couple of things. So it's the uh, it's the nostalgia pick that worries me. Like, am I am I if I pick a Tears for Fears or an In Excess, right? And am I am I going to go? Well, fuck, man. That's if you did your top fifty albums now. Like, what, what did we do that when we did yeah. the, with the blog? What what did we do? It, top, it, did we do top fifty or top twenty? I don't remember. We did tell something or other. But what it think, makes me think of is it's a bit like when you go away on holiday to somewhere hot and warm, but you pack a, a, like a big heavy jacket yeah. just in case you need it. And yeah, you might need it occasionally, but you're probably better off packing something else. Yeah. And I, I feel like my reaction, I'm not telling you what, what you should do, but my reaction to the idea of picking a nostalgia album and, and embedding that into your terms of reference you're gonna bring something along that you're never gonna use. Well, but that, but that, you're gonna be bringing a ski jacket to fucking to Rarotonga. It's kind of you might you might just be burning a pick there. Like. That, and yeah, right. So that that's exactly what I'm thinking. And then I'm like, oh, I I can't remember why I got onto that Tears for Fears album again. But when I started listening to it, I listened to that album like 15 times in two weeks. I was just I was just like. Fuck, this is that there is so much more. To, and it was almost like all the music that we'd listened to since we started the podcast really made me appreciate what that album is doing and, and what it is trying to do so much more than when I first listened to it. Like, I think I actually like that album way more now, having been through, like, like I look at that Muse album that we thought that was just batshit crazy and I look at Black Mountain, I look at all those albums that have these big, expansive, over-the-top sort of feelings and I'm like, holy shit, these guys actually would do it. Like T- Tears for Fears in a, in a way are like a prototypical Muse. Like that, they're, they're, the, they're the seed that started Muse. Like they're not the same musical style but that big – fucking over ambitious uh sound it, it it's totally what it's it's the same um work i would say it continue it continues a, a long tradition of over the top which probably goes yeah, back to british late heavy metal going into prog kind of stuff yeah. where there was a and psychedelia actually even before that where there was a lot of kind of let's uh, and and punishers will say, oh, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hunt Club fuck band. Off. It all comes back to the Beatles. Fuck off. And which, to which we say, fuck off, Boomer. Um, but you know, this is not a, you know, this has been, this has been a strand that has gone through for a very long time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. It, I, I just, it's interesting to me how much X ray and like, you particularly like this. This is where, like, my cluelessness and your musical history knowledge sort of bleh, you know, smash up against each other. Where I was like, you know, this reminds me of something, and you go, oh yeah, it's this these nineteen different albums. Um, 
yeah. Look, having said that, I think that, look, if you end up with a top five that is similar to what you've done before, I wouldn't be that surprised because I think your top five was more defensible than mine. I know mine's going to be – mine might not have anything in common with it. But then again, because I've seen it, I might be more inclined to go, no, I'm going to I'm gonna diverge from that. But Yeah. Well, all I can say is that it's all going to be different from Adam's top five. Yes. Uh, Which had Hysteria definitely part in it because, of course, it did. And Full House by John Farnham. <laughs> All right. Get in the middle of a chain reaction. Let's uh, let's reconvene in a week's time. Let's, let's go. Let's go back in a week and see what we come up with. I, I almost feel like not doing a sport podcast next week and just go like, let's just, or, or at least doing the sport as the after dark and just fucking chewing straight into the. In, in- no, I think we need the sport. The sports is actually a good warm up. Yeah, just to, just to get the airways get- cleared. <laughs> Get your fucking legs as the shit takes off. Yep. Yep. That was a long after dark. Uh, after, 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 after dark. I have no idea how much of that is usable, but I guess that's that's something for me to work out the weekend. Cool. All right, Doc. I'll catch you later. Cheers, man. See ya.